Good morning, everybody. All right. Well, today is the second podcast. My name is Brady Kramer. Today is December 5th, Wednesday, 2018. And boy, did I have fun um, recording my first podcast yesterday. Got some great response from people. I, um, I really enjoyed sharing some of my story. And on top of that, um, like I said, sharing and being open and honest about what's going on in my life has been one of the keys to my recovery. For the longest time, uh, my mental health and my mental health issues were um, were my hidden secret. And as I mentioned before, you know, I um, I really, really grew up in um, with a feeling that I had to be perfect, that I um, couldn't show any weakness, that you know, the toughest guy on the block was the strongest. And all those things I, I find now are, um, you know, they are really afterthoughts. Um, but yet, as I mentioned before, I, I still do, I battle with um, depression, sometimes daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes, on every, you know, by the minute. And, and that's in the form of anxiety as well. And I do I do separate the two for me because they are different feelings. The, the anxiety for me is a paralyzing thing where I, I really have the feeling that I can't even move or pick up a phone or, you know, brushing my teeth can be hard. Um, whereas the depression is just a, a really sad feeling, not sad even, just a, a ugh, feeling like nothing excites me. And But I do have tools, and I will talk more about that. And I never did like that word, tools, so if that hits you the wrong way, I'm with you. Um, it's the best word I could come up with now. But um, anyway, where did the change occur? How did I get to a point where seven years later now, August 30th, 2011, I hit my rock bottom, I had a suicide attempt, um, and like I said, it was on. It was either recover um, or um, or just... Um, I, d- I didn't like the alternative and, and, you know, here's how it all went down. I, um, you know, I, I woke up in, in a hospital bed. I, um, did my mandatory 72 hours in a mental facility, which was absolutely eye opening. And then, um, I, ch- I attempted to just step back into life. Um, I, I thought, um, you know what, this was just a cry for help. It wasn't anything serious. And um, and the people around me, <clears throat> God bless them, they really just didn't know what to do. Um, they didn't know how to help me. I didn't know how to help myself. And um, so, to believe it or not, I went, and the weekend after my suicide attempt, I, um, I went and coached a hockey tournament. And, you know, just, again just tried to sweep this whole incident aside as, you know what, I drank for the first time in a long while and that changed everything. But you know what, I knew I wasn't whole and I knew inside that something was still bothering me. And sure enough, the Monday, Tuesday after the tournament, <clears throat> I um, I woke up, <clears throat> excuse me, and the, uh, the anxiety was back and <clears throat> I did not... 
and I didn't I um I didn't know what to do with it. So, you know, I um I was living in San Diego at the time. My parents had come out to um you know a- after I I I had had, uh, had my attempt and they were with me and we set out and drove back to Rhode Island where my parents were living and we um we went to see and, and try to figure this out and my first stop was to a mental hospital um, that that you know specialized it was McLean Hospital in Boston and it was the best of its kind and that um you know was a would be a pattern that would follow where at first I would have hope and really um feelings of you know excitement to where I um I really thought this could be the answer and then eventually um it just wouldn't click for me and this was the pattern for a good month or two and and then I I don't remember the date but it was sometimes sometime in January February and you know, I and I, I have to also, and I, I laugh too now about about it a little bit. And you have to have a sense of humor about some of this stuff. I mean, yes, this we are talking about life threatening situations here, but um, at the end of the day, that which um, excuse the pun doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And and I'm here to to tell you that I am a survivor. And I am proud of everything that has happened to me. I do not recommend my path, obviously. But at the same point, I, um, I don't regret the past. I really don't. Because um, I feel like every situation that I have been faced with has led me to this day where I do really feel like I can make a difference. And I feel like I can help others by just sharing my experience, my strength, my hope. And hopefully something in my story triggers something in someone else and lets them know that they're not alone in this, you know. And that was one of the biggest battles for me. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that cared so much about what other people thought. I thought I was the only one that was scared. I thought I was the only one that was vulnerable, sensitive, feeling shame, guilt, all those feelings. And um, I find out, again, with a lot of help, as I will let you know here in in a minute, a bit with a twelve step program, that um, there's a lot of other people that share the same way, and that makes it um, makes it normal and doesn't make it so scary. The monster is out of the closet. But um, I, I, as I was mentioning before, I, I was going to share with you. You know, I went to see this spiritual guru slash chiropractor, and you know what? He had a great, great. Um, theory, he had a great message, but sometimes it's not the message, it's the messenger. And I remember, um, you know, at one point he, um, he had me pushing a, um, a minivan up a hill and it makes my legs hurt just thinking about it in the middle of the night in this neighborhood and, you know, Rocky Balboa style back to the, you know, the gritty, you know, workout styles and, and just to gain confidence in myself. And, um, and I was doing this and I remember like all I could think about was, gosh, I hope I don't wake this neighborhood and any of the neighbors. Here I am fighting for my life, trying to do anything, um, and everything possible to do the right thing to just feel better. And, um, and I don't want to disturb anyone. (laughs) And, you know, that's kind of, 
the way it goes. Um, one of the therapists mentioned for me that, you know, I was like a car, like a sports car that every time you get within, you know, a hundred feet of it, the alarm goes off. And that's the way I felt. I felt like, you know, I was so sensitive to everybody's reactions and, and feeling responsible for them as well. And I still battle with that. Please don't, don't get me wrong. You know, I still battle with that, but I also, I know, um, in a sense, like, you know, I am, um, I am powerless over the way other people act and what they do. All I can do is keep my proverbial side of the street clean. Well, after, um, the spiritual guru ran its course, I, um, I hit another all time low and, and I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I, you know, and when I say couldn't, of course you can, but I didn't want to. And I was faced with this situation where, you know, I was uncomfortable when I was awake and sleeping, you can only sleep so much before you have to wake up. And, um, and this was my pattern. I wasn't eating. I, I was just miserable. And you know what I was, when I would, um, you know, get a free or a clear moment, I would put my head down and I would pray that I wouldn't wake up. And, um, and that was how I thought I was destined to live my life. And I remember thinking and in, in one particular moment, breaking down in, in tears in front of my parents and saying, you know, I don't know what I did wrong. I, I just didn't know what I did wrong to be going through this. And I know now looking back on it, um, it, it wasn't anything that we do wrong, but I think God puts us into situations to trust our faith, to um, build our strength. And I think there there's no mountain too high that we can't climb. And, um, and this whole situation has certainly, um, made me feel, um, strongly about that. But, uh, I remember one morning I, I hadn't slept and, um, and I had been up all night and I got out of bed and, you know, there's at the top of the house where I was living with my parents, my brother was living there as well. And, you know, I, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this because, He's such an instrumental part in my recovery. Um, he really, um, he's one of the guys that I, I put right up there with, um, you know, really saving my life. You know, I know we save our own lives, but he really, I wish and hope he, um, if he's ever listening to this, knows that, you know, he carried me through a time where I, I just couldn't carry myself. And, you know, and, and this was the funny thing, and I give you a little detail on it again because it, it just goes to show, you know, how God works in funny ways and, um, and, and how strong his spirit is. But, you know, I, um, I was sleeping in a room at one end of the hall and, you know, my parents were at the other end of the hall. And, um, and, you know, I, um, I, I know my parents would do anything to help me, um, and, and try to figure this whole thing out and, and make me feel better. But, you know, they just weren't the answer then. They were not the answer. And so, you know, as a, a last resort, my brother who, you know, had had his struggles, he was, um, midway down the hall and I knocked on his door and, you know, my brother and I have six years apart um, I'm, you know, six years younger and he is, um, 
just a great, great guy, but we just never had the strongest relationship in the world. He, um, because of the years, because of life, um, it just was never that strong. And I thought, you know what, maybe Chris can help. And so I knocked on his door and I said, um, you know what, bro, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I just can't do this. Like I am, uh, I'm dying inside. And, um, and he said, that's it. Um, I'm getting up. I'm taking you to a 12 step meeting and, uh, and we're going to, uh, we're going together. And you know what? The idea was not lost on me because, you know, I knew there was something there. I knew I had a drinking problem, but for me, I, I never put the correlation between the fact that I had, as they say, put the plug in the jug and, um, in, in times past that it just made me feel better. And this time, you know, two, three months without drinking, you know, I, um, I just didn't feel better and it wasn't working the way it had in pat in years past. And, um, and, you know, for good reason, you know, their alcoholism is a progressive disease. And I, um, I, you know, had reached a point where just stopping, was not enough and just stopping is never really enough you um that's when the real work comes in you know there's a a saying that alcohol is a symptom of our disease you know the trouble is not um that we drink alcohol it's the outlet that's the you know that's the way it shows itself the real the real issue is what's inside and what's bothering you and, and all those things that I had mentioned about the fear, the vulnerability, you know, the guilt, um, the lack, you know, the, the feeling of having to be perfect. And you know what? We went to our first meeting and, you know, he promised me I wouldn't have to say anything and I wouldn't have to do anything and, and just listen. And, uh, of course it was a meeting where everyone shared. So I did end up having to talk and you know what? I announced myself as an alcoholic and, you know, I think half of that was because I wanted to fit into the group and half of that was, um, probably because I really did know that I was. Um, but like I said, I didn't, I didn't make the correlation between what they did in uh, a 12 step meeting. I, um, I thought, you know, they, um, or all the particular, obviously, I'm sure you can do the math, but I, you know, I, um, I was under the impression, you know, your particular substance, you know, once you kicked it, um, that was all these meetings were about was trying to get people off their substance. And really there's so much more and, um, and they're about dealing with life and they're about a term that I will talk about a lot called emotional sobriety. Um, and, um, you know, I can get emotionally drunk, um, you know, real quick. Um, that doesn't mean I'll pick up a drink. It means that emotionally I'll go through the same things that I, I went through when, um, in past I would drink. And, you know, um, I have not had a drink in seven plus years and I'm very proud to say that. And, um, picking up a drink is the last resort for me. Um, I have lots of things, people, places that I can go to do to, um, to avoid getting emotionally drunk. But, you know, back to the real quick to the story here, um, automatically in these rooms, 
I don't even remember exactly what I heard. All I remember is the feeling of, wow, I had hope. I had hope and I didn't know what it was because I didn't make the correlation between, you know, the rooms, um, of tw the 12 step rooms and what was going on there between my own personal situation. But I just knew I felt better at these meetings and I didn't know why. And, um, and really now looking back on it, the, the reason being was, you know, I felt like there was a presence of God in there. I felt like um, this was what I had been looking for since a young, young boy. I had always gone to the church of hockey. And on Sundays, I played hockey. And um, and I missed that spiritual upbringing. And, um, and this was kind of the start. And I was shocked, actually. It might, you know make some people laugh, but I didn't realize that God was spoken so much in these rooms. And, and you know what, like I said, I just felt better. And so I continued on this path and, you know, at, um, first, you know, many people were surprised because, you know, they didn't, they didn't get the correlation either. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, um, again, seven years later, I realized I am an alcoholic. Um, and you know what that, but now, you know, I suffer from what is called alcoholism. You know, I am no longer, um, an alcoholic cause I am no longer actively drinking. Um, but I will have alcoholism for the rest of my life. And those are, um, and, and in that nutshell of alcoholism comes depression, comes fear, comes anxiety, comes, you know, all the feelings that, you know, were setting me back perfectionism and, Gosh, there are so many great lessons that um, I look forward to talking to you about, about um, that I've learned through um, this, my, my 12 step program. And, um, and, and obviously, like I said, I'm joking a, a little bit now. Um, you know, I, um, I know that anyone out there knows where I'm at, but I just choose not to say it. I, I think that's part of one of the traditions of my program. And, um, you know, that is that. And, um, you know what, I am going to leave you from there, but that gives you a little more insight, hopefully into, you know, where the road to recovery came. And, um, in the next few podcasts, I think, you know, we'll go on more about, um, some of the lessons I learned through, um, through just this whole process of op open-mindedness, sharing my experience, my strength, my hope. And, um, again, you know, um, I've heard it before and, and I do think love is a big thing for me, you know, um, sharing the love with other people. So I have rambled on for almost 20 minutes. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, I'm excited for another day. I'm excited to um, have shared some some of my story with you, and um, I hope to hear you, hear from you. If you're enjoying this podcast or have any comments or want to just share a story of your own, feel free to reach out to me, um, Brady Kramer. Uh, my Email address is Kramer, and that's with a K, K-R-A-M-E-R, B as in Brady, the number 16 at yahoo.com. So um, that's it for me for now. You have a great day. Thanks a lot for listening.